Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the ghost hunter, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going today, my man? It's going pretty good. It's Monday. Did you I'm excited to be here. Found Casper. I did. Yeah, I found him. Casper's been found. Problem not, solved. Not so friendly, as we were once told. No, no. Re- seems. <clears throat> responsible for a lot of bad things. So we're luckily going to take care of that for sure. Mm, that's um, good. Before we get into the news, which the the latest breaking thing we'll be covering is going to be this uh, Biden executive order on ghost guns. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about... Thanks to the live group, by the way. Yeah, thank you, Todd, for sending that over. We, we appreciate it. And then we'll be talking about the Gretchen Whitmer case that's had some failures over the weekend and a little bit of economic stuff involving inflation. But first, I have to tell you, this is a Good Morning Liberty podcast where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. Make sure that you go to the live group. You go to joingml.com. You got to pay the six bucks to get through the wall, at least Mm -hmm. six bucks to get through the wall. It used to only be five, and we told y'all about that. Mm -hmm. We warned you. That inflation was going to drive the price up. We call inflation. Is this inflation or is it price gouging? Is that what it is? Sounds like greed. It's just greed. Just greed. We chose to raise the price by 20%. Mm. And if not for that, then we then it would have stayed the same. So it was definitely just price gouging. So anyway, make sure you go to join GML and tell a friend, tell a family member. Charlie, tell us about these here ghost guns. It's a scary thing, man. I'm all scared. these mass shootings, they're all done with ghost guns, apparently. That's what I saw. Okay. Yeah. So President Joe Biden will announce new measures cracking down on so-called, quote, ghost guns on Monday. That's today. With an executive order set to increase restrictions on the weapons that can be assembled at home in minutes and are difficult to trace as they lack serial numbers. In minutes. Mm. They're so easy. The new rule, a year in the making, addresses a kind of weapon that law enforcement officials say has almost doubled in its appearance in police reports between 2020 and 2021. (laughs) Nate, how many people have been killed by these ghost guns? They do have some numbers, although not official numbers, because they count homicides and attempted homicides or people talking about it or at least uh, people being entrapped in the homicides and all of those and all of those ghost mm-hmm. gun figures. So we don't have the official official number with ghost guns. I can tell you, we don't hear about that much when, at least with the mass shootings, which is normally what everyone on the left seems to be concerned about. Now, maybe they're taking a step back from only being concerned about mass shootings and, and they're going to tackle some of the other homicide problem. And of course, what that is, is people being able to get these guns and then they go out and kill people. And if, and if not for that then that crime likely would have never happened. Right, exactly. But mass shootings represent such a small portion of the homicides. Maybe that's what they're doing. They're saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to pay attention to this little tiny statistic, even though it it runs all the headlines when it happens. We are going to pay attention to this other very tiny statistic instead, because it's going to give us an easy win and make it seem like we're doing something. Because I don't know if you know this, Nate, but let me learn you some history. Mm. Prior to the inventions of these terrifying guns that can that can shoot a projectile at 50,000 feet a second, go right through your skull head, and kill you dead where you sit with the click of a trigger, mm-hmm. 
with these uh, 45 caliber clips. Yeah. And these assault pumps on them mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. These things, prior to that, no one killed anyone. It wasn't any death. There was, well, there was death, but it was it wasn't just uh, from COVID before that. Now we've got yeah. guns to now, worry about. Yeah, yeah. So I got murder, you. murder really wasn't a thing until there were guns. By the way, mm-hmm. I didn't know if you knew that. I yeah, I, I had I I assumed that that was so obvious that you know we didn't have to say it. Oh, okay. But, I mean, I'm glad you said it. I'm just I just want to make everyone aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, such guns are quote the weapon of choice for many violent criminals. The White House said in a statement. The new rule states that weapons, uh, weapons, part kits that can easily be assembled into a working firearm will be subject to the same requirements as commercially available fully assembled guns, administration officials said. Dealers selling these weapons, parts, kits, weapons, parts, kits. Yeah, see, I couldn't read that one because of the list, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't do it. Will now be required to conduct a background check on prospective buyers according to the new regulations. Because that's what these criminals do. They go get their background checks mm-hmm. to make sure they're able to commit the crime. Now, you'll still be able to get a weapons parts kit at a gun show. No problem. We know that. You don't have to worry about any kind of background mm-hmm. checks or anything like that. You, you run out to, uh, to Reno and you can grab whatever ghost guns you want. We know that that's still going to be exempt from this. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's the way around it. Gun kit manufacturers must also include a serial number on key weapon components while licensed dealers who take a, quote, ghost gun into their inventory must add a serial number, the U.S. Justice, Justice Department said in a statement. Finally, in ordering to boost tracing efforts, the new rule states that federally licensed dealers of firearms must keep records for as long as they are in business rather than for a 20-year period, as is currently the case. That's that's going to fix a lot of the problem right there. So you have to have a record, a full-scale mm-hmm. record. Now, why would you want to trace something like this? Why do you want to trace any weapons? Mm, well, it might have something to do with what we're about to talk about in the next story, but the government's not really a big fan of people being able to defend themselves, you know, and I'm sure all of Especially the... Especially against the government. Mm-hmm, that's, the, that's the really big part. So mm-hmm. they don't really like the fact that you're able to... Uh, I don't know, have a group of friends that could potentially defend yourselves if you ever needed to. And the other idea, if you're going to talk like in law enforcement and and trying to solve crimes, is if you had this number and a crime was committed and say you had the gun, you'd be able to see, okay, well, this is the person that bought the gun. So now we've let ourselves back to who the killer is. Boom, there, we solved the case. Problem is the crime already happened. You didn't stop the crime from happening. Yeah, there was no prevention there. Yeah. Well, just so you know, this is a feel-good story here because, let me continue, quote, this rule will make it harder for criminals and other prohibited persons, not just criminals, there's other prohibited persons here, uh, to obtain untraceable guns, which is, the other prohibited people are these domestic terrorists, these Mm -hmm. Jan 6 rioters, these evil people spewing hate speech on Twitter. That's what's going to fall under the uh, other prohibited persons. Yeah, it's going to make it a lot harder for Elon Musk to buy a gun. It is. For sure. It's going to help ensure that law enforcement officers can retrieve the information they need to solve crimes and will help reduce the number of untraceable firearms flooding our communities, said the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. 
From January 2016 to uh, December 2021, the ATF received approximately 45,240 reports of suspected privately made (laughs) firearms recovered by law enforcement. Now, hold on. They received 45,000 reports of suspected privately made firearms recovered by law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Now, that there is some ironclad data, Mm -hmm. if I've ever seen it. It's so... Right there. And this is the scary part that we let it get up to 45,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, out of almost a billion guns in the United States, this is terrifying. <laughs> well, there's there's probably a billion. I mean, the last number was, you know, half a billion or so, but that's not I counting. Mean, the last number was two, was it two, uh, around two and a half per person yeah. in the United States. I pl- I'm pretty sure it's higher than that now. So two and a half would be roughly 800 million. So yeah, we're probably close to a billion firearms. Well, with the ghost States. guns, it could be two or three billion, for all we know. It could be a hundred gazillion mm-hmm. out there, because you can't see them. Mm-hmm. They're ghosts. And it's especially dangerous for children. I don't know if you guys have seen like uh, you know movies depict this pretty accurately, but kids are able to see ghosts better than adults are, and it's the same thing with the ghost guns. Sometimes there could be a ghost gun right here in this room, and we wouldn't even know. A kid walks in here got some kind of special power or something like that, mm-hmm. maybe playing on the Ouija board with the friends the night before, and they're like, oh, my God, there's this gun. They just start shooting people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's stopping that problem, yeah. too. Well, you need the ghost gun busters mm-hmm. to see them. Yeah. That's the problem. There's probably, yeah, like you said, it's probably like bacteria. They're just everywhere. You just can't see it with yeah. your own eyes. You got to have a, a mm-hmm. black light to look at everything. So those reports were linked to at least 692 homicide or attempted homicide investigations it added so we have a real problem here folks and i am just oh i'm just so thankful i got chills thanking our savior joseph r biden for his willingness to put his pen to paper to save us all like amen lord like i said earlier and we got to go through some more of the numbers on this and i've looked up i've tried to find some of the numbers on ghost guns before they once again use very loose wording with this. Well, so they're ghost guns, Nate. How are you supposed to find the numbers on a ghost? 45,000 reports of suspected privately made firearms. Those reports were linked to 692 homicide or attempted homicide investigations, it added. So mm-hmm. just, just, just so you know, there's so many pieces that are disconnected there that they're pulling together by their wording in that paragraph we still got to find the actual numbers and of course that doesn't that doesn't even come close to the amount of actual homicides that take place every year this is going to be almost nothing but what this does do is it it virtue signals that they're doing something you know kind of keeps people happy Mm -hmm. for a minute oh we banned we banned ghost guns but people don't realize like you can't You can't ban a gun. I'm going to say this again on the podcast, which I shouldn't. I should not say this and record it and put it out there. Before my latest boating accident, which I have recently. I mean, you live right next to a lake. I live right on the lake. And uh, before my latest boating accident, I had had three (laughs) guns in my house. Now, those were all purchased. They were before they were lost. You can go drag a lake if you want to try and find them. That's fine. Those were all purchased, but not by me. They were just given to myself and my wife by family members. And so I didn't buy them. And so what use is the serial number on the gun? 
That's that's what I want to know in solving a crime. Mm. Like, what what really is it? Because I tell you what, the person that gave it to us, I'm not sure they bought it either. But <laughs> well, you probably have to be a, a forensic ghost scientist mm-hmm. to for that detail, Nate. And we just don't have that degree. I think that's a 20 year college degree um, that you can only get a loan from the government to take that forensic ghost class. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the people that could tell you and give you that information. I got you. Thank you. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Very, uh, very strong evidence right here. So this is definitely going to work. People uh, who don't listen to this podcast normally are going to be like, what the hell are these guys talking about? That's probably like our biggest barrier, I would say, is <laughs> it so. takes a very specific kind of person to listen through <laughs> our total sarcasm and, and BSery yeah. and listen on to another episode. But But hey, whatever. You know what? Let's go on to something in, else. In real talk, this is all just a bunch of virtue signaling bullshit. Mm-hmm. All right. Kind of like the ban. You know, we give, we've given Trump a bunch of hell for banning bump stocks. Okay. Now that's like, does that matter? Yes. The government should not ban something for a gun. They shouldn't do that. They shouldn't be banning the ghost guns. They shouldn't be doing any of that. Did that actually do anything? Like, really? Did it do anything? No. No. It didn't actually do anything, but what it did was it signaled to people that, hey, I'm going to do something to try and stop gun violence. That's, that's really it, and that's the whole purpose. That's all they ever do. Mm-hmm. Okay, on to the next thing. When Speaking of these domestic terrorists that are out there, from the New York Times, now there's a few articles associated with this. I wanted to spend some good time on this today. So, Charlie, I've got the first couple. you got the second couple in this whole group right here. But the two men, two of the men that were accused of plotting to kidnap Michigan Governor Karen Whitmer have been acquitted. Two of the others ended in the mistrial, by the way. Probably the same jurors as the Kyle Rittenhouse, I bet. Yeah, Yeah. exact same ones, Mm -hmm. for sure. Now, I wanted to say why this is important. One, we've we've got a pretty clear case of entrapment here, and we're going to be going through that FBI entrapment. Would this have ever happened without the FBI doing what they were doing? No. And so why this is really important on a deeper level when talking about a big government that becomes tyrannical is they start going after these people who are the most concerned, sometimes to the extreme, with the tyranny of the government. And in past, in America's past, those people that were most concerned, well, that led to sometimes violence against the people that were that were in the government. And maybe sometimes that's even necessary. And the government doesn't like that because that's dangerous for them. And so what they need to do is they need to brand those people as terrorists. They need to remove those people. Maybe they need to ban their ghost guns. I don't know. They need to try and signal that they're going to put as many of those people in prison. They have to stop any of this uprising against the tyranny of the government that they possibly can. Now, I'm not condoning violence right now, okay? Because I have to say that. Not condoning violence. I'm not saying that if they would have kidnapped the governor, that that would have been a great thing because it would have led to nothing, would have solved nothing, would just make things worse. Mm -hmm. Same thing we were saying about January 6th. Like, we were watching it. We're like, this is just going to make stuff worse. Same thing about Chaz Chop. If you're going to, yeah, if you're going to do something, then 
then do it. But these little things that aren't going to do anything, we're going to storm the Capitol and take it over. What does that mean? The National Guard is going to start listening to you next, you know, next week after you <laughs> take them over with the people storm the U.S. Capitol. The, the military leaders are going to start taking orders from them afterwards. Like, come on. I'm the president now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to look at me. I am the president now. Yeah, that's not what's going to happen. Okay, anyway, so this is why it's important. All right, it was one of the country's highest... So this one's from the New York Times. This is New York Times. It was one of the country's highest profile domestic terrorism cases, an alleged plot to kidnap Governor Karen Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, eliminate her security detail, and perhaps touch off a civil war. But after a trial in which prosecutors portrayed the four defendants as threats to democracy... Jurors on Friday, now that's important. Why are the prosecutors talking to the jury and labeling these guys as threats to democracy? That links up with what we're hearing as rhetoric from those in power all the time, that they're threats to democracy. So they're trying to jump into that Mm -hmm. inner feeling that everyone has. Jurors on Friday acquitted two of the men and said that they were unable to reach verdicts for the two others. Harris and Caserta were found not guilty of conspiracy. Harris also was acquitted of charges related to explosives and a gun. The jury could not reach verdicts for Fox and Croft, which means the government can put them on trial again. The result was a major blow to the Justice Department, which has made domestic terrorism one of its top priorities in the aftermath of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. (laughs) Oh, it's it really it's is the worst day in U.S. history. I know. Got to remember. I mean, they didn't have to know like everyone knows that this is the worst day ever mm-hmm. in, in U.S. history for Jane democracy you've ever seen. But a series of missteps during the investigation and the eventual failure, eventual failure to win any convictions against the men who went to trial raises questions about the ability of federal law enforcement when it infiltrates right wing groups to develop convincing cases without infringing on the rights to speak freely and own weapons. So basically what they found in this case was they just had a lot of recordings of these guys talking about what they wanted to do to the governor or to people in power. And essentially, other than the entrapment, which the judge originally was was going to limit the arguments of entrapment, he ended up decreasing those limits on on those arguments. Essentially, they were arguing that this is free speech, that you can talk about wanting to do these things, and it doesn't mean that you're going to go to prison for doing those things. Basically, what they were what they were arguing. Issues with the actions of some FBI agents also loomed over the trial. One FBI agent was fired last year after being charged with domestic violence. Another agent who supervised Mr. Chapel, who was uh, named Big Dan, tried to build a private security consulting firm based in part on some of his work for the FBI. During this case, the prosecution's case was hampered by a lack of clarity on what exactly the men were accused of plotting. No attack ever took place, and no final date for abduction was set. The details of the alleged plan sometimes differed drastically from prosecution witness to prosecution witness. This was just a bunch of people talking. The only actions that ever took place were actually actions of FBI informants that have infiltrated the group. The other guys were just on recordings talking about things. 
They never took any action. They didn't take any actions. Okay. Whatsoever. So I'm going to continue. New York Times had another thing here. So were they talking chaos or plotting a conspiracy? The debate in the Whitmer kidnapping trial. We're going to put links to this. The case began in the spring of 2020 when a wounded Iraq war veteran joined a Facebook group that offered him a chance to practice his waning military skills. But the violent rhetoric he read uh, in the online discussion so alarmed him that he went to the authorities. Soon, he was the informant known as Big Dan. Big Dan, carrying recording devices and key fobs and documenting hours upon hours of discussions with members of a group called the Wolverine Watchmen. Mm. Pretty cool name for a group, by the way. That's pretty good. In the months that followed, the FBI gave Big Dan more than $50,000 for his trouble. Dan was one of several informants and undercover FBI agents who had infiltrated the group. The informants, using gas money and other resources provided by the FBI, drove the men to training exercises and meetings and twice participated in reconnaissance missions at the governor's vacation home. Meaning that all of the actual actions that took place, because we'll read here in a minute, they went towards broke drug addicts, basically, who had nothing left in in life. Sorry to describe it that way, but that's actually how their lawyer described them in the Mm -hmm. trial. So we can say that. They didn't actually do any of the actions. The FBI did. Oh, hey, let's go. We're going to go do some training exercises. Or people that the FBI was paying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, would this have ever happened if the FBI had not done that. And what the jury basically found was, no, it wouldn't have. And I think that they're right about that. So this is an overall good thing. Now, before we go on further, you don't want, I mean, here's the question. If, uh, if an informant or an undercover officer of the law came to you and talked you into killing someone and got you to agree to do it and... You know, you trained with them and you talked about how you were going to go do it. And then you go to actually do it. Like, should that person go to prison for anything? I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, it's a conspiracy to commit kidnapping, conspiracy to commit murder. There's laws for that kind of thing. An accomplice. Like, you, you don't, you know, do you want those people in society? Aren't you glad that they were found out? You know, I'm just trying to talk the other side of the of the argument here. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the people that, okay, if someone talked them into doing this and they went along with it, okay, do you want those people in society? I don't know. How many people would you be able to talk into doing something? Is that something we should just do all the time? Just send out agents to convince people to do things? I'm pretty sure that there was recently a um, teenage girl who went to prison because she basically convinced her boyfriend to commit suicide. Yeah, she's out already. She's out already? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was a whole big, I mean. Yeah, she was uh, convicted on that. But um, there's a lot of, I mean, this happens a lot. This happened with terrorism plots, not just domestic terrorism plots, but, you know, like Al-Qaeda terrorist plots, ISIS terrorist plots. They've done this kind of entrapment. They do it with drug with drug trafficking all the time. All the time. They create the entire situation. Sex trafficking. Around someone. Yeah. And and you think like, well, if the person went around, went along with it, you know, and they were going to hurt someone, like in the case of sex trafficking or something like that. Well, I mean, don't you want that to, to get found out? Yeah. I just think that there's a line. I think there's a line on the, on this. Well, what's interesting to me, I was actually having this conversation the other night with my wife is like, how is the government allowed to commit the crimes that you're not allowed to? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, obviously I want people who are 
uh, harming other people to be caught and those different types of things. Um, but at the same time, it's not, you can't commit the crime with the other person at the same time or encourage the crime just so you can catch them in the crime mm-hmm. and then, and then get them off the street, so to speak. That's not anything that is a crime for you should also be a crime for the government because the government is just people. Well, that was the question, uh, like with uh, what Ted Cruz was asking about January sixth. You know, were there were there any FBI informants or agents or anyone out there involved in encouraging this or facilitating this? You know, and they don't they don't know. Mm-hmm. They can't answer the question. They and just like Todd it. says here, the government or law enforcement can lie to you, but you can't lie to them. Mm-hmm. Well, you can lie to them, just you get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, they have but different. They can uh, sit there. They can sit there and, you know, interrogate you for 10 hours or 24 hours straight, not give you anything, lie up and down and just to, they'll say they have evidence that they don't have. They'll say they know it when they don't know. They'll lie up and down all over the place and then nothing for them, but you off to the, off to the gulag with you. I think the important thing, like if you're talking to someone because I'm sure someone on the left would see this and just be like, "Oh my God, this is this is awful." But what you have to do is you get, you got to imagine this in different scenarios. Like right now, you're imagining that with a far right wing extremist who's wanting to do something against the tyrannical government. You've also got to imagine this against someone who's who's a uh, yeah democracy overall. You got to also imagine it with someone who's wanting to sell drugs or do do anything things that you don't even think should be crimes. You know, they still do this all the time. So should they be able to do it? That's really the question. And so what they do is they go after people who have nothing left. They're just in despair and they're easily coaxed into doing different things like this Adam Fox. Now let me challenge you here. What about mm-hmm. the Project Veritas with the undercover abortion? You know, getting people to admit they would sell baby baby parts on camera. I think that that's... As imp- if you were going to purchase them. I think that the information is important. But, I mean, I don't think that those people should be charged with crimes or anything. I especially have an issue with charging people with crimes when they didn't do the thing. We talked about this a little bit with the Rob Goyvich thing where he's plotting to uh, sell Barack Obama's Senate seat. I've always thought, even though I hated, we're from Illinois, okay? Couldn't stand Blagojevich at all. I was like, okay, he was getting charged with trying to sell the Senate seat. And I was like, did he sell the Senate seat? Did he do it? Did it ever happen? Like, where's the line with I'm just talking with someone or I'm trying to do something? Like, what's the crime? Who's the who's the victim? Who's the injured party in the case? Who are you getting justice for? Because it's the justice system. Who's the justice for? And so you've got these thought crimes. You've got your minority report (laughs) happening right now, you know? So anyway, uh, what Uh, it's an interesting discussion. It is. I just thought of that. So I'm like, okay, well, one thing I feel like I agree with the other. I don't, I'm confused now. Well, that's why this is so easy for people to go along with, because the question is, if there's someone who could be easily talked into killing someone else, you know, you just got to go up to them and tell them like, Hey, you can ride with me. Here's a gun. You can go kill someone. Like if there's a person out there that would do that, well, don't you want that to be found out before they just decide to go do it someday? I mean, I'm, I'm, I think that that's a reasonable question. But then you got to ask, 
would this situation have ever happened if they wouldn't have done it? Like life goes on for this guy, Adam Fox. Would this have ever happened? Would he have ever done anything like this? Sure, he was talked into it. Most of these guys were high off their asses while this was all going on. Uh, but the question is like, would it have ever happened? And you don't really know without them creating this situation, would the crime have ever occurred mm-hmm. or the discussion of the crime? So Adam Fox there's a little thing on him underemployed and living in, in a basement under a trap door, at a friend's vacuum cleaner repair shop near Grand Rapids Rapids. Mr. Fox had to go to the Mexican restaurant next door to brush his teeth. His lawyer said he described his own client as a misfit, a broke loser incapable of masterminding such a devious plot. Mr. Fox is like, okay, fine. It hurts, you but I get it. it. I, yeah, that's fine. Earmuffs next I, time. Maybe. The tr- I am a broken misfit. <laughs> the true architects were Dan's FBI handlers who kept the investigation going for three months, even when there was no evidence of a crime. Joshua Blanchard, who represents Mr. Croft, said federal agents should have recognized his rhetoric as drug-fueled nonsense. Mr. Croft talked about everything from redirecting river flows to celestial chariots to cutting down trees in order to create a miles-long barrier along the state border. And he was like, oh, yeah, and we're going to kidnap the governor. <laughs> and then that's the part <laughs> that they put out redirect there. Redirect the Michigan River yeah. back upstream. We're going to gonna kidnap the governor. Canadians. We're going to go grab her, and we're going to take her to Mars next week. <laughs> and then they just get the part where he says, we're going to kidnap the governor. Yeah. And that's it. Mm. <laughs> Brian Hughes, a co-founder of an extremism research center, at American, at American University said the trial was important because the allegations represented a growing trend of militarized political violence that targets public officials at all levels of government. So, of 14 people indicted, five were working as informants for the FBI. Or more. The revol- Yeah, it does say or more. The revolver noted five people who seemed to be the FBI informants were also the people who had all the kidnapping ideas and access to all the equipment needed for a paramilitary assault on Gretchen Whitmer's vacation home. At one point, the leadership of the conspiracy met, and three of the five people in that discussion were FBI members. And I'm sure Governor Whitmer knew all about it. <laughs> Probably. There's, yeah. So there's a little bit more in this uh, from this Revolver article you can go through here, Charlie. They were discussing Jan 6. Okay and about whether or not the FBI was involved in it. And then later in the article, they start talking about this plot also. All right, so from from Revolver. Indeed, what if we told you that scarcely three months before Jan 6, the FBI arrested 14 people for planning to kidnap Governor Karen Whitmer and overthrow the state government, and that the alleged conspiracy to overthrow the state government involves storming the state capitol. And what if we told you that of the 14 individuals who allegedly plotted the kidnapping and overthrow of the state government, at least five were undercover agents and federal informants. As if that's not enough, many of the individuals allegedly involved in this plot appear to belong to the quote three percenters, one of the very same militia groups now blamed for storming Jan six. And as the cherry on top, what if we told you that the director of the Detroit FBI field office who oversaw the infiltration operation of the Michigan plot was subsequently granted a promotion to the D.C. office where he is now the lead FBI agent for all Jan 6 cases. That's kind of crazy. 
The left wing blog, uh, Jacobin, 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 of all places, provides a good description of the allegation and charges. Drawing upon entrapment cases used in the war on terror, the Jacobin piece expresses concerns that the whole Michigan plot itself may have been the result of entrapment of vulnerable, cognitively cognitively deficient and mentally unstable individuals by FBI informants. So now there's a further question. Do you want the FBI going after people who are maybe they're saying cognitively deficient? Maybe that means that they're, high maybe that just means that they're drug addicts something like that maybe they have really low iqs something like that i don't know mentally unstable the one of the guys we talked about was a was a war veteran of course he ended up being an informant so they go after vulnerable people like that who are have no money they got nothing they're living in a basement under a vacuum repair shop which still exists like really still taking your vacuum in to Mm -hmm. a vacuum repair shop must be man is that a thing just buy another one. Mm. <laughs> you can't you can't talk to them old oldie folks. Get you one of those EV that. vacuums. Stop messing with your old fossil fuel <laughs> vacuum cleaner out there, okay? Just buy another one when this one breaks down. All right, but they're going after people like that and then creating these domestic terror plots that mm. then dominate the news cycle, talking about right wing extremism and political violence. It's kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Go go on with the next one too because right, I. This- I wanted to cover the other side of Mm -hmm. what people are saying on this whole thing. So this is from PBS.org. Following verdict in Whitmer kidnapping case, some see freedom and others danger. Friday's outcome following a week-long trial was a chilling reminder that the political violence that is raging across the U.S. too often goes unpunished. (laughs) From attacks on social media and elsewhere that disproportionately affect women lawmakers (laughs) to the Jan 6 insurrection at the U.S. Capitol and the plan to abduct Governor Karen Gretchen Whitmer, people are increasingly angry and feeling emboldened to act on it. Whitmer was blamed, uh, has blamed former President Donald Trump for stoking anger uh, over COVID-19 restrictions and refusing to condemn right-wing extremists. On Friday, her office said people across the country are experiencing a normalization of violence. On the right. That's what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Normalization of political violence. Quote, the plot to kidnap and kill a governor may seem like an, anom- an anomaly, but we must be honest about what it really is. The result of violent, divisive rhetoric that is all too common across our country, Whitmer's chief of staff said in a statement. Really? It's the result that- of divisive rhetoric. Where is that divisive rhetoric coming from? It's only from people on the right. Mm. It's only from anti-government right-wing extremists that are ever using any divisive rhetoric. Mm -hmm. We know that. Quote, there must be accountability and consequences for those who commit heinous crimes. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. What heinous crimes did they commit? Exactly. You might ask. Without accountability, extremists will be emboldened. We must lock them up before they say or do anything. Now, Now, this, like, think about history, okay? And then think about the types of things that tyrants did to anyone who spoke out against them, right? You, you lock them up before they can ever get to the place of overthrowing you. So this is, this is the, and you have to label them this way. Like these are just the, these are extremists. These are right wing, crazy nut jobs. They believe in flat earths and reversing rivers and building walls made out of trees. They cut down with an ax, which is bad for the environment. It's exactly Mm -hmm. and bad for democracy. Okay. 
U.S. Rep. Debbie Dingell, a Democrat, called for an end to the hatred and division in this country. But they'll continue to divide. Mm -hmm. It's it's fine. I want all this to stop. Just please agree with me. I want all these terrible, deplorable, inbred white sons of bitches (laughs) to stop dividing people. That's what she, there's her quote. Yeah. (laughs) Deplorable inbred white sons of B. Yep. Please. Nate. Yeah. Stop. Stop cursing. I'm sorry. I'm done. That was the last time. All right. Deeply concerned that today's uh, today's decision in the Whitmer kidnapping trial will give people further license to choose violence and threats. Gives you license. Now they're giving out licenses for this stuff. Yeah, David Hawk would be he proud. He was right. <laughs> yeah, you get a license to. Here's the license you got. You get a license to talk about things that you would like to do to yeah. people in the government. Yeah, that's the license that you get from this case. Remember, the heinous crimes that they committed were were speaking about things. Now, were they speaking about violence, about committing violent acts? Yeah, but they never set a plan in motion to do it. They never set a date they were going to do it. They never had an official plan on how they were going to do it. So you didn't know when and where this was really going to happen. The only people talking about when and where were working for the FBI. Mm-hmm. And those are the only people. And yeah, they got some people to go along with them. Yeah. They said they were going to tag along. Like if I were to say... Man, it'd be really cool to see the government overthrown. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I inciting any kind of violence? Am I apparently? Did I just commit a heinous crime there? I think you did because I said it would just be something cool to see. Because that would involve violence in your mm-hmm. government overthrow, right there. So you did, and I, listen, you know, I wanted a peaceful overthrow, though, Nate. I wanted to like negotiate this thing and overthrow the at the at the ballot box. Well, actually, I didn't say I wanted to see anything. I. Or that I, that I wanted anything. I wanted to see mm-hmm. something. Could it be in the movie? Yeah. You know? Didn't say I was participating <laughs> or planning it. You make a great defense attorney, Charlie. All right. Michigan uh, Lieutenant, Gov- Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist, or Gilchrist, <laughs> as his followers call him, <laughs> called on elected officials, parents, teachers, and others to stand up. To these hateful actions and teach our kids there is a better way. Well, he was like, "Hey, you know, we're losing the uh, we're we're losing the war on parents right now, and the war on schools right now. We need to get some of those back over on our side. Parents, teachers, we need to stand up. This is the real situation that we're fighting right now. And you know what the real situation is? The FBI inciting people to violence." Mm-hmm. That is the biggest problem that we have right now. Oh, okay. I guess we got time for one more last little thing. We got uh, a few minutes. I like what uh, Joe says here. He says, without accountability, politicians will be emboldened. That's true. And that's there you go. So true. Here they are. We just keep just walking down the same trail over and over and over again it's in, as in human history. And they'll use whatever crisis they need to. They'll over-exaggerate all kinds of things like Jan 6. Again, storming the Capitol is not a good thing. I wouldn't advise that. It's not a, I wouldn't advise doing something like that. But there has to be a time, or, the, or if, you, if you have the right to defend yourself against a tyrannical government, there has to be a, a time where you can 
say, okay, this government is tyrannical. Now is the time we must correct the, the course of human act of human society. Well, for this culture or whatever it is, we'll clean up that quote before you officially send where it out. the, yeah. where the government has gone too far and it's time that we make a stand. Yeah. Like there has that, that line has to be somewhere. Now people define it in different ways, but if we truly believe in that, then that line exists somewhere. I don't know exactly where it is and it's impossible to talk about with a record button on and sending that out, you know, to a lot of people and uh, with a record of everything mm-hmm. that you're saying. Mm-hmm. But there is a line. There has to be one. I can tell you what my line is. Yeah, we know where yours is. No, yeah. luckily you don't have any ghost guns. I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even don't. that assault rifle you just got, not even a ghost gun. Well, I got that through an assault raffle. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's free and clear. Yeah. I think as long as my background check comes back. But after this episode, I might be flagged. You're going to be flagged. <laughs> you're going to have a record of everything you've ever said, just uh-huh. transcripted right there. Mm-hmm. It's going to hit some keywords. And we'll make a list. And say that you can't can't get a gun Mm-mm. right there. Mm-mm. Ooh, you're going to get there eventually. You know what? I think we should hold off on the other stories. We spent a lot of time on the these two today talking about domestic terrorists. Like we started out today, they've got to label people as domestic terrorists. Now, that doesn't mean that some people aren't domestic terrorists. You know, that's a thing that exists. It does, mm-hmm. but it can't simply be uh, being against the government or even thinking about what the overthrow of the government might look like someday. You know, that can't just be a domestic terrorist. It really can't. If, if you set this precedent, if you set this rule that you're not allowed to talk about fighting back against the government, well, then you've gotten rid of the whole reason that we even have a Second Amendment in the first place. Why even have a Second Amendment? Why have the right to have a gun? You're not even allowed to talk about doing this. You can't do it. You can't form a militia for the purposes of fighting back against a tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. So why even have the right to defend yourself against that tyrannical government? You don't need it. And I guess you don't really need the free speech either. These things are fundamental. Like in the, in the founding of the country, this idea is clearly fundamental in the founding of the country because that's how the country was founded. Like we know that. We know that the people who set up our government are okay with citizens wanting to overthrow the government. They clearly were. And so you can't just simply outlaw that and say that you can't talk about it. Maybe this is a, maybe here's the line. You're not allowed to talk about doing this to a normal, everyday citizen. You can't do that, all right? But you can talk about doing it to people in the government. You know, you mm-hmm. can set, you can talk about your plan of what you're going to do to the government. You know why? Because they don't, uh, they don't fit the same protections because they have power over you, unlike the other people that are inside of your country. The people and the Obama government said, if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Exactly. And they're trying to take this guy's plan away from him. <laughs> The FBI's plan <laughs> yeah. away from this guy. All right. If you like your domestic terror plot, you can keep your domestic terror plot. And that's what Joe says here. He says, also, it isn't terrorism when in the government is a target. Call it insurrection, but not terrorism. Yeah. And so, so maybe that's where the line is, because this is obviously a this is obviously a, a muddy conversation where you're plotting to go. Like, would you talk uh, about kidnapping a governor if that or, or would you talk about kidnapping uh, Karen, 
Would you talk about kidnapping a Karen? Mm-hmm. If she wasn't the governor imposing unbelievably unconstitutional restrictions against you yeah, and your livelihood and your business and your freedom. Like I don't think you would just randomly, I don't think any of anybody just wants to randomly kidnap Karen. Well, some people do. I'm, there's, I'm sure there's been some Karen that, that have been kidnapped in, in history. Yeah. You know, I watch Dateline all the time. This kind of thing happens, mm-hmm. but who's the aggressor here? That's what who aggressed with force first. That's another good question. You started it. Were these guys actually defending themselves? You started it. You started. No, I, I didn't just, start it. I didn't start it. <laughs> so that's another question. Are they defending themselves against an aggressor? It's another question. You got the right to defend yourself. She's the one that's got the power. She's the one that's going to put you in a cell if you don't do exact. If you don't uh, close your your business, your property. If you allow someone else to come onto your property, she might put you in a prison cell. After doing that, she's the aggressor in this case. So maybe you fix that problem. You know, mm. just saying. Interesting questions, Nate. It's almost like you're saying something, but you're not. No, I'm saying asking it. questions. I'm just, just asking questions. I'm asking someone to respond. This isn't what I'm thinking. This is what I'm just asking what other people think about it. It's not my thoughts. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. So anyway, let's go because you got a call. That's right. I do. Yeah. I actually I don't. I, and we got canceled. Oh, okay. So I ain't got no call, but I guess we've been going for an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's time to wrap this thing up. We got ghosts in here. We got to look out for yeah. and stuff until that order goes through. We got ghosts everywhere, man. And I'm gonna have to go through the mm. the terrible task of putting serial numbers on all of these ghosts mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And I don't want to. Because Lord knows I ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's a task for Nate. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a family member, a friend, or the children. And I mean, and the children, not or. Mm -hmm. It's everyone. Share it around. Go to joingml.com. Make sure you sign up and be part of the live group so you can come in here and have fun with us as we do every single day of the week when we want to. And uh, if you do those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty.